0: Is the fossil fuel industry the bad guys?
1: Of course, they are.
0: They make the bad stuff. You don't know nothing, LT. It is their job to make stuff. Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. We're going to look at a video that essentially paints the fossil fuel industry as the bad guys. I want us to watch part of that video together. Uh, Then I'll give you my two cents worth on the other side. And I think it's careful that we try to find the truth, and see both sides of the story, and kind of the facts, and not just go off here on the emotional tangents. And of course, I have my bias, and this girl has her bias, but um, let's give it a listen, then I'll come back on the other side. This is the Ancient Texan. This is the ancient Texan. I want you to listen, if you would, to a little bit of a story by this girl. And it's a story that uh, a lot of people have. And I think it's counterproductive. Um, and I think we have to look for what's true and not scapegoats. If we want to have any hope of improving the world we live in. So I've started this 10 minute talk and you can find this lady easy enough uh, on the Internet.
1: Without fossil fuels, there could never be economic growth. Without economic growth, there couldn't be jobs, there couldn't be wealth there couldn't be peace. So Germany burned coal, oil and gas, no matter where it was coming from. This fairy tale isn't unique to Germany. There are versions of it everywhere. It took me years to figure out what was behind this fairy tale. And once I did, I became a climate activist and together with thousands of others, we organized the largest climate protests ever seen. People then very quickly started calling us naive and most found we were so radical. Yet the only thing we really did is we broke with the fairy tales and instead we told the truth. And because there are fairy tales everywhere, telling the truth in the climate crisis means deconstructing almost every aspect of it. People, for instance, call the climate crisis man-made. And while there were indeed humans behind it, it's much less man-made and much more fossil fuel-made. It's made possible by the exploitation of coal, oil and gas and the profit-driven economic systems behind it. Calling the climate crisis man-made implies it's an accident of human nature, whereas it's actually a relatively small group of people and just a few places around the world the fossil fuel industries, their marketing, and their political supporters. The fossil fuel industry.
0: Okay. We've just identified the bad guys, the fossil fuel industry. Those few people have determined our whole economic system, our profit system, our court system. They are the bad guys. Like. If you get to a drug user and a drug lord sells him some drugs, it's the drug lord alone that's responsible. That's the the message here. The person that buys the drug has no responsibility. And I realize I'm doing an oversimplification here, but anyway, that's she's identified fossil fuels equivalent to the drug lord who has sole responsibility.
1: Itself is also a powerhouse of fairy tales. Fifty years ago, they knew that their business would lead us into a climate disaster. Back then in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, they had the chance to use that knowledge to introduce a transition to renewable energies. They decided not to. And instead, they started telling fairy tales. They started campaigns to mislead people. They denied their own climate science that they did themselves. And by that, they stole our very first historic chance to act from us. So now for many lives, it's already too late. The droughts, the fires and floods is all happening already in 2022. No place is safe anymore.
0: That's not exactly true. First, it's um, not actually easy to get statistical data that actually proves that the fires and storms and stuff are worse. We're going through a bad patch, but the world has gone through bad patches before so um, she may be right on this issue she may not be uh but according to her it's the fossil fuel industry that's responsible for not leading us into renewables
1: So as the catastrophes can no longer be denied, fossil fuel industries have again started telling new fairy tales and this time they present themselves as part of the solution. They call it transition, they promise innovations, they speak of green growth and it sounds wonderful, it is powerful too. People really want to believe that this time, the Aquanauts, the Totals, the Shells, and all the others, this time, they will not steal another chance to act from us, right? I would like to believe that too. But I cannot for two very simple truths. Number one.
0: Okay. So you say in the fossil fuel industry, the big companies who the people there running the companies now are not the same people that were there in the 70s and 80s. So the they has actually shifted, uh, and they're different people there. Are they people any different? Do they have a different culture? I don't know. But she is again saying that the fossil fuel industry is the one that's driving our choices, not the person that fills up their car or turns on their light switch or buys their energy or doesn't, doesn't put solar panels on their roof or does or doesn't elect officials responsible for determining these things or Congress people that would pass a carbon tax None of those are responsible. It's the fossil fuel industry. And she gives two reasons now why they're responsible. Let's just listen to them and see if you follow.
1: One, we do not have time for any more delay so whoever tells us that they will just need some more time does not understand the very basic logic of the crisis we're in back in hamburg when i was in school we would get 90 minutes to finish a math exam the fossil fuel industry is in a way taking that very exam right now but instead of 90 minutes they tell us they will finish in nine years back in school that
0: Okay. What, what exactly is the fossil fuel industry finishing in nine years? They are not the ones building nuclear power plants, windmills, solar. They can be, some of them probably are, but that's not their job. and she says we should not believe them and let them tell us it's a transition because we're running out of time and if you don't understand that um she's saying it's undeniable instead of saying it's this is the belief that it's catastrophic and has to be done right now and it's a very high priority problem um that needs to we need to throw everything at it right away because things really bad happen if we don't instead of saying it's a problem that's going to be with us for the rest of you know civilization and that we're going to have to address it uh in a rational sane manner And you've probably listened to some other podcast about our. um, There's one by Mark Mills. That talks about the minerals that are available for. Going green. And it turns out that no matter what we think. It's just not humanly possible to double. Mineral exploitation and mines. In the kind of time frame that this lady's talking about. So we're going to come up short on green energy. And her solution is to shut down the fossil fuel industry.
1: Attitude would have gotten me failing my assignments. And the second truth is, and that's a simple equation behind the climate crisis to limit global heating to 1.5 degrees or as close as we can possibly get to that. There cannot be any new fossil fuel exploration. No single new project can be constructed. Yet as we speak, fossil fuel industries are planning, let alone 195 new mega project, so-called climate bombs, each of them emitting more than one gigaton of CO2 so as the wind turbines peacefully spin at the tv commercials they present to us fossil fuel industries are expanding everywhere around the world and dancing on our chances to create anything like a climate justice world
0: okay she says the fossil fuel industry is still building projects What she doesn't point out is the world is becoming energy deficient. Projects are not being built at the rate uh, to keep up with demand. Electricity demand is going up one to 2%, 4%, depending on what country and what area you're at. and we're getting behind as far as maintaining the status quo and it's looking at total energy demand is exceeding supply what is that going to do it's going to drive up the price of fossil fuels Does that mean there's going to be more solar and wind? Probably some. But solar and wind construction is not keeping up. Plus, in its illusion to believe um, that solar and wind can supply uh, all the power we need. It's, it's supplying like 3% of the power we need. And maybe someday it can supply 10 or 20%. But there's a huge gap. Between what you can supply, which can be much more than now, and it's welcome, Um, but a lot has to happen. For instance, if the Southwest is the best place to put our solar panels in this country, Nebraska, that area, is the best place to put uh, wind turbines, maybe some off the coast and you know select places but those are the two big areas now you got to get that power you got to double the size of our grid to get that power from there how how long a project is that that's like 10 years and I'm not sure how hard we're going at that because we're wasting a lot of money at the tail end for instance in electric vehicles i own a, a plug-in hybrid or i drive in it's a plug-in electric vehicle i plug it in drive around when i run out of electric charge then um, i go to a hybrid system that uses gasoline and a little tiny motor So let's let's listen to some more of, of what she's saying here.
1: And after all, this isn't just about the climate. Back in Hamburg 30 years ago, when my grandmother installed her first solar panel on the roof, and people started talking of the German energy vendor, it was estimated that Germany could become energy independent. It didn't happen. Why? fuel Industries went ahead, lobbied against environmental policies, and together with their political supporters, brought the energy transition in Germany almost to a complete halt. More-
0: Okay, the fossil fuel industry lobbied and got laws passed that were favorable to them. Yep, lobbies are a problem. Lobbies bias us and push us in directions that the total population doesn't agree with but fossil fuel industries did not in, did not create the lobbies and she's implying here we could go to renewables they could have made this transition except for the fossil fuel industry now she hasn't mentioned nuclear Energy. So, if she had mentioned nuclear energy, then I might be a little more sympathetic to her speech. But most people that are advocating renewables are excluding nuclear energy. And if you exclude nuclear energy, you just you just can't get there. That's a fairy tale. Um, and energy independence can happen with fossil fuels, like the U.S. has done. Or would, you know, energy independence can happen in uh, France uh, from nuclear energy. Now, we also have a problem switching to nuclear energy because the, you know, we're not mining uranium as much as we used to. So, you got to open some mines up there. That's not a, not easy to, create a nuclear industry that, that makes, uh, uranium for reactors. It's possible. We used to do it, but we're pretty much moving away from that. So, and Germany is shutting down their nuclear power plants and they're opening back up coal power plants. And if you include coal, um, then, you know, what they're doing is counterproductive now equating all fossil fuels as being the same coal natural gas oil and the products from it gasoline all that um, aviation f- fuel they're not the same uh, coal is much more harmful um so Germany is shutting down nuclear power plants and because their supply of natural gas has been cut off from Russia they're opening coal plants now how exactly the fossil fuel industry if you lump them all together um, is responsible for how this story is playing out It's let a lot of people off the hook. And whether she realizes it or not, uh, without some liquid natural gas uh, coming into Germany right now, it would be flat on its back to make up for the Russian natural gas. They've spent an enormous amount of money bringing in solar and wind and the amount of CO2 CO2 that has been produced has continued to increase uh, as they spent the money on solar and wind. Now that's a complicated story. Part of it has to do with shutting down nuclear power plants and that was a large source of power that didn't make CO2, so they had to make up the difference, and it's really hard in a place that doesn't have enough sun to make up that power difference with solar, and they're not in a great place for wind either, so this is a fuzzy story she's telling us here.
1: more than 100,000 jobs were lost in the solar industry alone and as the energy transition slowed down germany imported more fossil fuels from russia than any other country and now we watch as vladimir putin invades ukraine made possible by fossil fuel war machinery and paid for by countries like germany fossil fuels don't only take lives and livelihoods and destroy our climate they empower autocrats everywhere to start wars to threaten democracies and to threaten energy systems and places like germany and across the globe into their knees
0: okay this is making an argument that the fossil fuel industry empowers and fuels autocrats like putin well, I would say this is an argument that says we should be making sure that we have adequate natural gas available from places that are not autocratic. Don't buy from Saudi Arabia. Um, buy from the U.S. The U.S. should expand production, which is capable capable of doing, except we're browbeating the Exxon's and the oil companies in the U.S. to cut back production, but that's a choice. By choosing in the democracies to cut fossil fuel production, you're enabling the Putins of the world to have more power. Now, if you bring the electric grids online and build... The windmills and the solar panels and more nuclear power plants, um, then you just naturally don't need the, the natural gas. But if you don't build the alternative, all you do is end up with a shortage and empower the Putins of the world. So I'm not... She's conflating the, the the two, um, so if, if you want something besides Putin, natural gas, you have to have alternatives and those alternatives can include renewables. They can include nuclear power and they can include domestic production. Ukraine has large deposits of natural gas, except that's the part that Russia's actually trying to take control of right now. They're in the east part of the country. They also have rare earths and all that kind of stuff. So we're empowering Putin by restricting alternatives and by not investing in um more sources of electricity from all means and the annual demand of electricity is going up around the world especially in you know the indias and chinas and indonesia the the poor sections of the world and all of all of africa those energy demands have to be met Um, that's a huge project and if you go Green, you're going to find out that we don't have the mineral resources and we have a huge expansion of mines around the world that are needed which are being effectively stopped by NINBY especially in places like the United States Um, and the legislative hurdles has nothing to do with fossil fuel industry So this is her arguments are pretty weak here, but it's the way a lot of people think.
1: I grew up in a world where fossil fuels one way or the other would protect our democracies, our economies and our peace. Yet the truth is in the 21st century, we need to understand fossil fuels as a single great threat to our democracies, our economies and our peace. So what can be the role of fossil fuel industries in the 21st century? To the fossil fuel executives, the board, the shareholders and everyone attached, the messages are quite simple. Stop expanding fossil fuels and stop lying to us about that. Yet maybe we shouldn't tr-
0: Okay, her solution to this big energy need that we have around the world is to quit expanding fossil fuel production. Expanding in most cases, and in the present case, is actually just keeping up with current production. You have to bring new fields online because the old ones run out. Um... So we're actually decreasing the net production of fossil fuels um, is basically status quo is what they're trying to do is they're trying to meet their current customers. And, they're, and you can tell if they're doing that, uh, when the price starts going up, that means they're kind of behind the eight ball. When the prices start going down, the, you know, it's your gas pump, you can tell. Your gas pump is high that means that five years ago they weren't doing enough exploration well you're going to find out in five years from now that they're not doing enough exploration and expansion right now and your gas prices are going to go really high does that mean that you're going to have an alternative cutting back fossil fuels does not build solar farms and windmills and nuclear power plants. It's probably going to be 10 years before. Well, in the U.S. it may be 100 years before we start building nuclear power plants. They have some new modular designs of nuclear power plants that might make it into use in 10 years. But that's. A result of what we've been doing over the last decades in our fear of nuclear power and not recognizing that we have only a handful of choices about where power and energy comes from okay so she's solving the problem by telling them to quit getting new deposits and of course she should notice that Putin is probably not going to listen to her so there's still going to be natural gas available from putin venezuela saudi arabia but it could be available from ukraine u.s canada now who do you want supplying your energy
1: trust those messages to reach the right people in the short amount of time we have left. So there are other messages for everyone else. Number one, if fossil fuel industries don't listen when people and science tell them to get out of fossil fuels, they should not be listened to when they tell us more fairy tales about wanting to be part of the solution. Number two, If fossil fuel industries don't stop the destruction of livelihoods, especially in the most affected places, they need to be stopped by us. And number three, if fossil fuel industries get to make the rules about the transition we so desperately need, we will not get that transition. These rules will have to be made by the people, so they can ever be just and ever be on time. And they will be have to be informed by the science that luckily today tells us everything that we need to know. So this is a call for the people everywhere, for the normal people to stop their normal lives and start beginning to build a new tomorrow, so that at some point we can have a new normal again. That new tomorrow it won't be built for those who have brought us into this entire mess, whom we have no reason to trust and to wish to sit at the same table as we do, but will never sit at our side. It will be built for everyone else. It will. Pull-
0: okay, this is the ancient Texan again. We've listened to. This young woman from Germany tell how she thinks the fossil fuel industry are the bad guys. And I'll let her case you heard it, you can summarize what she believes. But here's a alternate and I believe a more balanced viewpoint. There's two Two things here that we need to look at fossil fuels and the fossil fuel industry. The first point I want to make is that all fossil fuels are not equal. Um, Coal is really bad, there's not much excuse for us to still be using it, although plants are being built all over the world, mostly by China, and uh, India, Indonesia, and China's helping a lot of other countries build coal power plants. And we still have coal power plants here. Germany's still bringing coal power plants back online. That's insanity. It's the worst of the worst fossil fuels uh, when we could be using um, natural gas or even sin fuels dev- derived from oil uh, byproducts. And you can even make fuels out of, out of CO2 but, uh, E-fuels. So there's a lot of different kind of fossil fuels, and they're not equal. And well, let's just simplify it for right now and just say we've got coal on one side and natural gas. Those are not... The coal puts twice as much CO2 into the air, plus a whole sling of, of sulfur, arsenic, bismuth, lead, 10 a whole a lot of organic compounds um, nasty stuff so unless you're gonna die if you don't turn you know light up a piece of coal and heat your house and you're gonna freeze to death I don't think there's much excuse for burning it. Of course there are people in that situation so I don't condemn them but for the rest of us I think we don't we should shut down coal. So we have the fossil fuel industry and I'm going to subdivide that into pieces. Um, And then we have the renewable energy. And she didn't say it, uh, but Germany as a whole doesn't believe in nuclear energy. And they've been adding in uh, renewables, solar and wind, and while they're shutting down nuclear. And of course they're turning back on coal power plants because they've got themselves in a bind because they just got cut off from, from Russia. Okay, what do I think about the fossil fuel industry? I think their job was to go out and find fossil fuels. They did that. Um, Fossil fuels gave us the biggest rise in prosperity the world has ever known. Nothing else is even close. It increased life expectancies. It gave us... It eliminated a lot of poor people on the planet. Um... It brought a lot of prosperity, which allowed other things, like the development of of medical technology, technology in general, more health, prosperity, and well-being than anything in the history of the world. There is like nothing would have been possible that we now enjoy in this modern age that we live without a solid source of energy. You can't do it without the energy. It is so core to our way of life. And we use a lot of energy. And the amount of energy we're using on this planet is going up, and it's going to continue going up, as people in Africa, China, Indonesia... Korea, Vietnam, just just name it. Look at all the countries on this planet and their prosperity will go up and it'll be driven by a source of energy. Now, can that source of energy have some natural gas in it? Let's hope so. Can it have some wind and solar? Let's hope so. Can it have some nuclear? Let's hope so. Because without that mix and maybe even a little hydro in a few countries without that mix the world is not going to have the energy that we need. You can dispute that but it's going to take a long time to get rid of our need for fossil fuels. It's not um, it's just Insanity to believe that our need for fossil fuels is going to disappear in the time frame of a decade, just can't happen. One to go green requires doubling our minerals uh, that we mine and the number of mines in the world, and is not going to let that happen in our legislative condition. Plus, just the physical ability to dig that, those many holes all over the world. Uh, We just don't have the resources, maybe we don't even have the expertise to run that many projects. We're not a world that values engineers, it takes a whole truckload of engineers to do the kind of mined expansion, not to mention that it doesn't come out of the ground as a metal, comes out of the ground as what looks to you, or would look to you is dirt We am going to take that dirt and make it into metals that requires a lot of processing we don't even have that expertise in a lot of the western world anymore Russia has it Canada's got a little bit Australia's got some um, US doesn't have much left I'm kind of one of those last Indians um, China has it China has a whole lot, and keep letting them, you know, be beholden to them for all the metals we need. But to put it in the U.S., I think that, that's another 30, 40 years, 50 years, that, that's the kind of time frame it is, and put it in Europe to actually get the metals that we need for the Green Revolution. Um, if you've seen the, it's a fantasy world to believe we're going to change our political system that much. So I, I think we're going to need fossil fuels. It just, it's just a physical reality. We can't go the other route as fast as people want to go. Uh, listen to Mark Mills. Uh, on this video you listen to this girl, Mark Mills is one of the people over to the right there. You can just look him up on YouTube, and he's got a lot of great videos. And he's got it backed with facts. A lot The facts are a lot more solid than the facts pushing us the other road. Okay, so the fossil fuel industry has done what they were hired to do. Did they have lobbyists that uh, pushed their agenda? Sure, that's the way our system works. They didn't invent the system. They're just taking advantage of it and making money for their shareholders. Would it be good if they didn't do that? Yeah, but our world is full of fossil fuel. Now, what would be really nice if we had a political system where we could pass a carbon tax and let the market decide how the hell we get rid of fossil fuels. Could gradually raise that that, uh, carbon tax up, get rid of the income tax, And that would cause uh, a controlled and smooth transition to the alternatives. And it even compensate for the fact that um, you burn a lot of fossil fuels to get the lithium and copper and dig these big holes in the ground. And under a carbon tax, a world carbon tax would really be cool. Uh, All that energy would be taxed and it would automatically balance out which route gives you the, you know, lowest uh, cost structure. And you can bias it by upping the tax, you push us one direction or the other. And the market's smarter than we are. Nobody's smart enough to figure this problem out on their own. But you give human beings the incentive and they could. So I don't really look at fossil fuel industry as being bad. Their job is to get fossil fuels out of the ground. Process them. Sell them. Make a profit. That's their job. That's the way capitalism works. Also, if you're doing that in, a, in our system, then you are competitive to the Putin and people that are dictators. So by having a competitive domestic production, you actually would decrease the power of Putin. And you could even put, uh, on top, if he doesn't put a carbon tax on his uh, fossil fuels, then we put an import tax on it. The world puts an import tax on his fuels. and You can even bias that. You can bias that to, you know, double down on the carbon content of his fossil fuels. So, the The fault is not with the fossil fuel industry. Our legislatures, our Congress, our president, our political parties are the ones that are supposed to make policies and laws that steer us in one direction or another. And as long as the the fossil fuel companies operate inside the law, I have no complaints with them. This is not, you know, we don't live in a society where my opinion of what they do should matter much. They should live with the majority opinion in a well-functioning democracy. Uh, and we could choose to be taxing them instead of subsidizing them. We're still subsidizing the fossil fuel industry, which is that their fault. <laughs> Yeah, they lobby for it, but the rest of us elected the politicians that approve it. So (laughs) we're all smoking the same smoke. We're all smoking drawn from the same pipe. And none of us can get off the hook and think that we're innocent. And making the fossil fuel industry the bad guys just, just muddies the whole issue up. And you can't focus on the problems that need to be solved if you want to move toward green. To move toward green, you have to make the green projects possible by money, resources, laws, attitude. I mean, there's a whole bag of stuff that has to go on. And then you've got to actually build you know, that big solar array in New Mexico and then build all the electric lines to distribute it. you got to do the same thing with wind in Nebraska to take care of internal. But that actually won't matter much. Because the real challenge is not on our shores. The real challenge is in China, Indonesia, India. Billions of people like more than half of the people on this planet that are A, still poor. They're too poor to go green. But they might not be too poor to take some natural gas and burn it in a power plant and make electricity and raise their standard of living. That is so much easier then building, finding the sunniest spot close enough to you and running a cable over there, or finding the, you know, where the wind blows and figuring out how to, mac, you know, do batteries and all that. That's just, that's just, that's just advanced stuff. And... The whole lot of us has to accept, if if I'm correct, that without nuclear energy, the chances of getting to where we need to be on green is zero, zero, absolutely zero. Over the next hundred years, the only way we're going to go green is if we have a huge commitment to nuclear power plants, and that includes Uh, modular designs that are small and, you know, more localized to where you need them, where they can be duplicated and you get economies of scales and you can somehow get our NIMBY-driven legal system to approve projects in less than a decade. All that kind of stuff has got to happen. And all that kind of stuff is what's stopping us from going green. Plus, unless we want to depend on China, we don't even have the capacity to refine all this stuff we say we're going to dig out of the ground, which we're not because Ninby and legislatures are not going to let us do it. We have all these barriers of going green that are very fundamental to How work gets done in this country, and to blame the fossil fuel industry for us not getting there, is like blaming you know God for Eve eating apple or something. I don't know. It's just it's just ludicrous. But there's a lot of people that feel a lot of animosity toward the fossil fuel industry and thinks they should be cutting back. No. You don't tear down what's keeping the economy going and the world going and after you tear it down you build what you need to keep it going. You build what you're going to go to and then phase out the old. You bring the new in first. You don't go into total darkness because you turn off what we've got going a reasonable program would be to be shutting down coal plants and replacing that capacity with renewables. That's something we could do right now, and that's probably a doable thing over a decade. Over two decades, we can start talking about closing down some of the gas-powered plants and bringing in nuclear power plants. And maybe over three or four decades, we can start talking about doing this for the poor countries of the world. But all that time that we're making the transition here, if you drive up the cost of fossil fuels, you are hurting the poor people of this planet, and you are sacrificing the poor people that live today for some future poor people that are going to be hurt by global warming. That's immoral in my mind. You can't sacrifice the poor of today and tell them, we got to our wealth because we use fossil fuels, but you don't deserve the same thing. Well, you can say, well, now we're going to cause... You know, global warming and the Earth's going to end. First, the Earth isn't going to end. And if we have worse weather and stuff, we'll get over it. It's not like somebody's dropping a nuclear bomb on us. The rich people of the world will do fine with global warming. I hate to tell you, but sitting here in Maryland few more tornadoes and stuff, and even that if you have more bad weather, which that actually has not been shown to be true that we're actually having more bad weather um, the The plots that do it only back over twenty thirty years yes show that, but the evidence is if you expand that time frame, we've had other periods of history where there's been a lot more storms and even on the short run it's not terribly clear we're having more storms but let's say we have more storms even that can be dealt with with you know having basements in home when people going to their basements it's not it's like building for an earthquake yeah the earthquakes are bad and they kill a lot of people but they mostly kill people that don't build a house that stands up to earthquakes That's the same thing with global warming. We can build a world that stands up to a lot of the effects of global warming uh, if they turn out to be true. But it is not our right to deny other people fossil fuel by jacking up the price of fossil fuel by cutting down the supply uh, and not letting them get out of poverty. They'll stay in poverty, they'll keep burning down the forest, and we'll all go down the tube together, which is, look at Nigeria. Educate yourself about what's happening in Nigeria, where the most rapid deforestation is going on. I've done a YouTube video on that. So my whole take on this is blaming the fossil fuel industry and pushing it to restrict, Their exploration and the supply of of natural gas and oil is completely counterproductive. Nobody is stopping us from building solar, wind, nuclear power plants. Build them. Pass laws. That put a carbon tax on So it pushes us out of places You know where uh, It reduces the use of Natural gas um, Places where we've got A renewable to turn on But to cut down What we have Before we have the new built I don't see how that Quite helps anybody and to blame people that are producing the fossil fuels, the natural gas, gasoline. I think that's foolish. That's We're all in this together. We want to pass laws and change it? Let's do it. But making a bad guy does not solve anything, and it Brings our focus away from how hard it actually is to do all the projects we need to do to go green. Including get rid of the the ninbys of the world and the legislative system that supports the ninbys. I don't know. I don't think the fossil fuels are the bad guys in my book. They're doing the job just like the rest of us. This is the Ancient Texan. Hope you have a good day. (laughs) Pardon my sermonizing, but it kind of feels important to me. Feels like it's the right thing to do. Namaste.